Repeat after me, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word, not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. As we esteem your word, even as you have higher than your name, I ask that you will help us position our hearts and our minds to receive the incorruptible seed which is able to change our lives. As we talk about how to have a better life, I pray that the Spirit of God will interpret that which man is saying into what God is saying. Let the words that come from my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you. And as I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God rising to feed every person here spiritually. And when they leave today, their spirit man will be full of faith and full of the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. We're currently teaching the series on how to have a better life. Say that with me. Say how to have a better life. Now look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you ready to have a better life? Now the goal of our series is to help you discover that a better life is available and then provide you with spiritual principles and practical steps on how to improve your life regardless of where you are. I will make a guarantee to you that if you will take the steps that I'm giving you, the principles that that I'm outlining for you in this particular series, your life will get better every day. Amen. Now go to John chapter 10. That's where we, that's the foundation scripture that we're using for our series. John chapter 10 verse 10, a very familiar passage of scripture. And here's the first point that we made is that a better life has been promised, but we must believe it. We must receive it and we must activate it. Everybody say, believe it, it. receive it, it. and activate it. Now, in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, The thief comes not before to what? Steal and to what else? Kill and to what else? Destroy. And then Jesus said, I am come that they might have what? Life and that they might have life. How? More abundantly. Now, I love the message translation. It says, a thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came, talking about Jesus, so that they have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. And I believe God wants us to have a better life than what we have. Doesn't mean that our life is bad. It just means that we could use some improvement in your life. How many in here could li- would like to see their life get a little better? Amen. And so last week we talked about the different things that can make our life better. And I'm not going to go back through that because I want you to get the CD. And unfortunately, we ran out of CDs last week. So we do have copies of that this week. If those of you who did not get a copy, if you want a copy. Amen. Now, uh, uh, go to Romans. Well, 
Let's look at this word abundant very quickly because when he says an abundant life, what does that actually mean? Well, in the Greek, that word more abundantly is one word and it means exceeding abundantly above. It means very highly. It means beyond measure. And here's the word I really want to focus on. That word abundantly means, watch this, an advantage. Now, go to Romans chapter 3. Go to Romans 3. Go to Romans 3. Let me show you that word abundantly in a different English word, but it's the same Greek word uh, from the Scriptures. Romans chapter 3, verse 1. See, here's the thing. Jesus was saying, in order for you to have more than abundant life, you need an advantage. And if you are a believer today, when we activate the principles in God's word, it actually gives us an advantage over the world. Do you know that as believers, our lives should be, listen, when he said, let your light shine, people ought to see something in you. See, carrying a Bible around is good. But see, we must be living epistles. Amen. Because it's not all about, you know, carrying a Bible, which and, 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 and across these days, people wearing them, they really, it's really for design and for decoration now. Because I see these rappers wearing these crosses and they cussing and all that. Well, you know, the cross has left. It, it, the impact really is our lives. Amen. Watch chapter 3 of verse 1 in Romans. It says, what advantage then has the Jew or what profit is there of circumcision? That word advantage is the same Greek word abundant. So in order to have an abundant life, God wants us to know we have an advantage. Now, there's nothing like going into a game, going into a fight, or going into a situation already knowing that you have an advantage. You say, well, Pastor, how do I have an advantage? You have an advantage because you have the God of the universe behind you. And the the Bible says, if God is for you, who can be what? Against you. So that word, more than abundant, also means an advantage. Now, last week I gave you some principles to a better life. And it starts, principle number one starts with making one quality decision at a time. And I listed what those decision, that decision process was. And we worked it out on Luke chapter 14, verse 28. And I'm not going to list all the different things, but i tell you this. If you don't know how to consistently make quality decisions for your life, get the CD from last week because I have been operating those principles for the last 25 years and it has consistently blessed my life. Amen. Amen. Plus, there are biblical principles behind uh, what I gave you the, the decisions on. So this morning, yesterday, I mean last week, we also started on principle number two. Go to Mark chapter 9. So principle number one, in order to have a better life, you got to make better decisions. And then you have to have a consistent process in which you make your decisions by. And that's what we covered last week. We also looked at uh, the second principle, which is found in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And that is this. We must believe that having a better life has been promised and is possible. So in Mark chapter 9, are you there? Look in verse 23. It says, Jesus said unto them, if you can what, class? If you, if who can believe who see, it don't matter what everybody else around you think and believe it's up to you. So if you choose to believe that in this economy, your business won't do well, then your business is not going to do well because that's what you believe. But do you know that we don't live based on this economy? We live based on God's economy and God has not had at this point to pawn the goal of the streets that the streets are made out of. He hadn't had to pawn those streets yet. Amen. Amen. So believing is a major part 
of us experiencing our abundant life because Jesus said if we can believe, how many things are possible? All things are possible to him that believes. So last week, we talked about some keys to believing. And one of the things that we said is that believing is previewing my future on the canvas of my imagination. And it supplies my mind with pictures that increases the credit line of my faith. Now, I wanted to go to Genesis 15 because I want to hammer this point home because I believe, see, most people don't understand that what you believe every day is going to gradually cause you to gravitate to what your mind is thinking. In Genesis chapter 15, let me show you this promise. Now, uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, I tried to find this scripture and I didn't have it written down correctly. And so here is the principle behind me telling you that believing is a preview of, of me previewing my future on the canvas of my imagination. And let me say this too. When you start believing God's way, it accelerates what you are looking for and you're believing faster into your life. In other words, watch this now. You can write this down. Believing allows you to try it before you buy it. Believing is the spiritual layaway where dreams and desires are held until your, pay, your faith pays off the balance. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Believing allows you to try it before you buy it. It is the spiritual layaway where dreams and desires are held until your faith pays off the balance. See, your, your believing allows you to receive it. But then I'm talking about now from the spirit realm. And then your faith pays the balance off and causes manifestation to come into your life. Then let me show you what I mean. In Genesis 15, look at verse 5. It says, it's talking about Abraham. He says, and he brought him, this is what God did to Abraham. He brought him forth abroad and said unto Abraham, look now toward heaven and see or look at the stars. And if you are able to number them. And he said unto him, watch this now, so shall thy seed be. So he gave Abraham a promise, even though he was 90 years old and said, Abraham, I'm promising you so many children. I want you to look up at the sky and see how many stars it is you can't count them that's how much how many children you're going to end up having and Abraham was 90 years old but see what God was doing to Abraham was giving him a picture of what he needed to preview in his mind so that he could have it in time and so let me show you what happened now watch this now look in verse 6 and he what come on class he what And he believed in the Lord and he counted it for righteousness. In other words, after Abraham had a mental picture of what God was was, was giving him, it caused him to believe. And that's what you have to do. That's why I said, get you that that, uh, vision board, whatever you turned in to me. You got to keep your vision before you. Amen. And that's what Abraham did. And that's how you now live a life that's believing. So watch this now. Go now to Mark chapter 11. Well, go to 1 Timothy chapter 6 very quickly. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I hope I get enough time in to get my two principles in this morning. But this one on believing is so key because, see, most people, they, they, they start believing and then they stop. They let what, hap- what happens to them dictate what they want God to give to them. And you can't do that. The Bible says Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, what was, but he was strong in faith. And so in 1 Timothy, now I want you to write this down. Believing is to accept something to be true without the need of tangible evidence. 
Listen to me. Believing is to accept something to be true without the need of tangible evidence. Now, let me prove to you that we know how to do that. Let me ask you a question. How many in here have received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Let me see your hand. All right, good. Now, how many believe that one day when you die, one day that when Jesus comes back, you're going to go to heaven? Let me see your hand. Now, let me ask you another question. How many in here have actually seen heaven? Huh. We got one hand. You know, God can show you things in a vision. But, but, but I want you to see, you're believing in a place you ain't never been before. Let me show you the natural. How many here have a job? Let me see your hand. How many here get paid this week? Let me see your hand. How you know you're going to get paid? <laughs> see, watch this now. You are believing that on the date that they promised you that you're going to get a paycheck, you are believing it, and you've already lined your bills up of which ones you're going to pay based on a check you ain't even got. So we know how to believe, but we just need to turn it now into a spiritual thing. Amen. Now, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, are you there? Now, I want you to write down this too. I know I'm giving you some, some real quote things, but I still need you to write this down. Here's the question. Do you trust in the source for a better life or in the resources for a better life? I'm going to say it again. Do you trust or believe? In the source for a better life, or do you trust and believe in the resources for a better life? Watch this now. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, are you there? He says, now charge them that are rich in this world, that means they had tangible money, that they be not high-minded, watch this now, class, nor what? Come on, class. Nor trust in what? Notice he calls it uncertain riches. Watch this now. But you must trust in who? The living God who gives us what? Richly all things to what? Enjoy. So listen, he said, don't trust in your stuff. Trust in the God of the stuff. And to have a better life, you cannot trust in your resources because your resources may dry up. But if you, watch this now, if you believe in the God of the resources, who is the source, then it doesn't matter if the resources dry up, God still has it all. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Amen. So we must now trust in the source of better life for a better life than we do our resources. Now, that word high-minded means just arrogant and lofty. So if we trust our resources for a better life, watch this now, we will never have enough and we will chase a better life through stuff. You know, uh, in Deuteronomy, go to Deuteronomy real quick. Dude, I wasn't going to give you this one, but I'm going to give it to you because y'all seem like y'all are a smart class this morning. You know, the, the second service got slow on me last week. They got slow and they are behind y'all. So I got to figure out how to catch them up. Don't tell them now they slow. But right now they're in spiritual special ed, all right? <laughs> don't tell them I said that all right it's on the podcast all right I might put the second service on the podcast all right watch this now Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 2 watch what he says and all these blessings shall come on you and what happens what what they what would they do they will overtake you if you will hearken to the voice of the Lord. In other words, when you have a better life and you trust in the source, God will cause blessings to come on you and overtake you. You know, I had a member to come this week. This week they first came to my house. 
which normally I'm there during a certain time because I study there, but I just happened to, I went to go get me some lunch. So they came by the house and I wasn't there. Watch this now. They came by the office and I wasn't there. And the place that I just happened to pick to get some food is where they were. And they were looking for me to give me some money. In other words, that money was chasing me down. And that's what's supposed to happen in our life when we trust in the source. Someone say amen to that. When you trust your resources, you will never have enough. Write down Ephesians, I mean Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 10. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10. I really want to cover that, but I'm not going to cover it because I still want to get through where I'm trying to get this morning. And I have 15 minutes to do that. Now, uh, go go to 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm now moving into the fourth principle on having a better life. A fourth, the fourth principle on having a better life, all right? Second Peter chapter 1. All right, I think I'm going to get through what I want to cover this morning. All right, this is very good. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Here is the fourth principle to having a better life. A better life comes when we understand that knowledge is the door to a better life. I'm going to say that again. To have a better life, we must understand that knowledge is the door. Say the door. Knowledge is the door to a better life. Now, 2 Peter chapter 1, are you there? Look in verse 3. This is one of our uh, scriptures that we use in our series. It says, according as his divine power has given unto us what? We didn't have to work for it. He gave us all things that pertain to what? Life and what else? See, that's natural and that's spiritual. He's given us everything that we need to succeed in life and uh, naturally and spiritually. But then he says what the door is. He says through the what, class? Through the knowledge of him that's called us to glory and virtue. Watch this now. So knowledge about what God through Christ has done for us is the doorway. Now watch what happens now. He says whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious what? Promises. Promises. So through Christ we have some promises that have been given to us. So to have a better life, we must have a knowledge about what those promises is. And to me, that's what most believers, that's where they shrink back. They don't know enough about the promises to be able to stand to get the blessings. Now, there's a difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. Head knowledge just knows the Bible. Heart knowledge believes the Bible. Now, go to Hosea chapter 4. Go to Hosea. Keep your hand right there in Second Peter. We may come back. Go to Hosea, which, uh, you know, you're going to have to do like I am. Just go to your index and find it. Now, if you're struggling, go to page 987. That's where it is in my Bible. If you have a Bible that looks like this, just go to 987. All right. Now, here is what I want to uh, cover right here. This is so important. This is so important. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, this ain't the time to go to sleep right here. All right. We just read that he said that it's through the knowledge that we have life and godliness. It's through the knowledge of him. So why is it that most people don't have the knowledge? Well, I'm going to show you here. Hosea, what what chapter did I tell you? Huh? Chapter 4, look in verse 6. Very, very familiar passage of scripture for those who may have been in faith for a while. But let me show you a key here. He says, my people are what class? Destroyed for a lack of what? 
Now, stop right there because that's where most people stop reading that verse. They stop right there. And you know what? It's, 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 it's not really okay to stop there because most people believe that we are destroyed for lack of knowledge, but that's not the only reason that we are destroyed. Now, just for informational purposes, let me tell you, uh, well, let me keep reading, and then I'll, I'll tell you what it says. In verse 6, it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Why? Because they have what? Rejected the knowledge. So watch this. Knowledge is available, but we can choose to accept it or reject it. Now, I got this from Pastor Che on yesterday. He says, that is ignorance and arrogance. Or arrogance. Ignorance means I just don't know. But arrogance means I know, but I ain't doing it. Arrogance says, you know what? I'm going to do it my way. Forget God's way. When the Bible tells us to lean not, not a lot. He says, lean not to our own understanding. And so watch this now. Write this down. We can either reject the, the knowledge or we can recept the knowledge or accept the knowledge. Now, what's interesting is that word perish. Notice he said here. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That word destroyed, guess what it means? It means to perish. Now, watch this now. That tells me that understanding is the key to a better life. Because, see, if I can, uh, in fact, the word uh, perish or uh, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Let me show you this. Go to Ephesians 1. Go to Ephesians 1. It takes precise knowledge to produce understanding. Notice I said precise knowledge. Now, here's how God's word works. The Bible says that God's word is like a sword. Now, swords are very precise. They will cut going and coming. But see, God's God's word is the same way. And it won't work for us if we have some things out out of kilter in our life. And I'm going to show you at the end of the lesson this morning... That it is very, very important to keep our heart in a condition that is healthy. Because if we do not keep it in a healthy condition, we block now the blessings that should come into our life. Now, where did I tell you to go? Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look now in verse 17. Ephesians 1, 17. Precise knowledge. Say precise knowledge. Precise knowledge is necessary. And most people, unfortunately, this is what happens. Have you ever bought some toys for your kids and you had to put them together? And you decided, you know what, I'm not going to read the directions. I'm just going to put it together according to the picture on the box. How many have done that other than me? You didn't want to read the directions, so you're going to put it together by the picture. And here it is, you put their bike together, and they have to pedal backwards just to make the, back, the bike work. <laughs> Mommy, is this the way it's supposed to work? Daddy, is this supposed to work? You know, that brakes all on the, you know, on, the, on the back wheel instead of on the handlebars. That bike is not going to work right. Amen. And if we don't apply the word correctly, it's not going to work right. In Ephesians 1, look in verse 17. It says that the God of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto us the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation. Watch this though. In the knowledge of what? Of what? Of him. Watch this now. He goes on to say, so that our eyes of our understanding will, will be what? 
Enlightened. So watch what he's saying here. He says, once we receive revelation and knowledge about who God is through Christ and what he's done for us, then he says, the eyes of our understanding are going to open. So it takes the knowledge that we don't have right now to open up now our spiritual understanding and then watch what's going to happen. I thought this was awesome. Where did I leave off at? Which verse? Verse 19? 18. Okay, let me get my eyes fixed here. Okay, 19. Oh, 18. That the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. Watch this. So that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is and what the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. In other words, it first takes knowledge that eventually produces understanding. Now, this is where I'm going right now, and I have seven minutes to do it. I'm doing real good this morning. I'm doing real good. Now, go to Matthew very quickly. Matthew, keep your hand here. We will be coming back. Matthew 13, very quickly. Matthew 13. Let me show you how powerful your understanding is. Your understanding is so powerful that it keeps the enemy from stealing God's word from your life. In Matthew chapter 13, look in verse 19. It says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and then what class? And when they understand it, because that means you can hear it and not understand it. That's why I teach the way I do. So when you leave, you can go away and say, well, I heard what he said and I understood what he said, but I'm choosing not to do it. He says here, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, Then comes the wicked one and does what? Catches away that which was sown in in their heart. Now, if we flip that script, then we can say that when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it, then the wicked one cannot come and take the word. So now it is very critical that when my, go back to the Ephesians. I told you we'd go back there. Go back to Ephesians. Let me show you when he says that our eyes may be enlightened. Let me explain to you what that verse, that that word enlightened really means. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's go back to verse 17. Watch this now. He said that the eyes, I'm in verse uh, 18, that the eyes of our what? Understanding be enlightened. The word understanding there or being enlightened means to shine, to illuminate, and to help us see. The, The word understanding, now this is good. This is good right here. That word understanding, see that word understanding in there? That word understanding, the Greek word was listed in the New Testament 156 times. But watch this though. It was only listed as the English word understanding one time. And that was in this verse. But watch this now. The other 155 times that it was listed as an English word, it's translated into the word heart. So let me show you what really what's happening here. Look now in verse 18. Watch this. That the eyes of our heart may be enlightened. So understanding takes place in my Come on class. So guess what now? I have to guard my heart because it's the place where my understanding takes place and where my understanding takes place if I don't understand the wicked one can come and take what I what I was trying to get. Now, watch this now. Go to, uh, go to Matthew. Boy, this, I got so much. Go, go back to Matthew. I should have told you to stay there, but you know, I'm flipping, 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 flipping. 
What time is it? Oh, I'm all right. All right, Matthew. Uh, go to Matthew uh, chapter 5. Matthew 5. That word heart or that word understanding is translated 155 times in the English as the word heart, only one time as the word understanding. Now, let me show you this word in the Greek that we just read over that's an understanding. Let me show you the Greek word, the English word for it is uh, heart. In Matthew, where I tell you to go? 5, look in verse 8. Matthew 5, look in verse 8. Watch this. Uh, it says here, blessed are the pure in what? Heart. And the pure in heart is going to see who? That word heart is the English word understanding. Let me show you another one. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Look in verse 21. Matthew 6, 21. It says, for where your treasure is, there will your what? Heart be also. That's the same Greek word for the word understanding. Let me show you another one. Go to Matthew chapter 15. Go to Matthew 15. Go to Matthew 15. And then write down, if you would, verse 19. Matthew 15, 19. He says, for out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, and blasphemy. In other words, he's saying bad things don't start in your mind. They start in your heart. Now, I'm going to throw some revelation in on you. Then we'll stop right here. Go to 2 Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians. Are y'all getting something this morning? Go to 2 Corinthians, see, because I'm going to show you the devil is really after contaminating your heart. That's the bottom line. In other words, I want you to see that in order to have a better life, you got to keep your heart together. Man, that's why he want to make you mad and keep you mad at your ex. That's why he wants you to cuss people out. That's why he wants you to just go off. How many have just gone off before? I mean, just, just went off. And then when you come back and you was like... <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 21 2 Corinthians 1 verse 21 we're wrapping it up right here we're wrapping it up right here he says now he that establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us is God watch this now who has sealed us and given us the earnest of the spirit in our what watch this now to have a better life, you got to keep your heart together. Notice that that's where the Holy Spirit lives. So guess what? You can just write this down. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Guard your heart, for out of it comes the issues of life. So to have a better life, I must keep my heart in a very, very believing and pure condition. It's okay to get mad, but the Bible says be angry and sin not. And so some of us have lost momentum for a better life because we've let people upset us too much. Some of y'all sitting right here, y'all mad at some folk. You're mad. Some of y'all mad at your, 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 your uh, mother-in-laws and some of y'all mad at your stepbrothers and cousins and aunties and mamas and daddies and some of y'all mad at people y'all ain't some of y'all mad at people that dead that's dead right now i'm mad at my daddy he didn't do this and he didn't do that he can't do it he's dead i have found that one of the keys to a better life is a good heart Now, what does that mean? 
A good heart only, only says that, you know what, Lord? Regardless of what happens, I'm going to trust you. And I believe one of our members this week, God blessed them because they didn't let their heart get contaminated with what other people were doing. And it is so easy to push the blame on the other person. So if you're married, you might have to protect your heart from your spouse. But it's, listen, a better life for you will take place if you'll do that. Because all he wants to do is get you so mad. I see some of y'all steaming like the man, you know, uh, heat miser. Y'all, y'all remember that? On, was it Frosty the Snowman? What, 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 uh, 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 what is it? I'm saying what was the name of the thing? Uh, okay, it's, a, it's what it is. It's a Christmas uh, uh, thing, and it's, it's, it's about Santa Claus, and, you know, this, this, this man called the Heat Miser, and his hair is in flames. You know, he sings this song, I call me Heat Miser, whatever I touch. Come on, y'all help me. Turns into my clutch. I'm too much. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay, why y'all ain't singing with me then? Oh, so you don't want to look like a fool singing. (laughs) Some of y'all steaming. Some of y'all may not be. But there may be potential. Because see, what I'm teaching here is real. So the enemy is just waiting to put the right person in your life. To jack you up. And all you got to do is know that he's trying to do it. And just kill him with kindness. Don't go off on him. Just let them be a fool by themselves. So with every head bowed this morning. I want to identify who the heat miles are. Because I want to pray for you this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed.